From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Uh, Jane Lee joins us, God's Heart and Hands Ministry. I see you brought your hot tea with you. Yes, it's still cold outside. <laughs> it's a brisk breeze. It's good to be here. Thank you. Good to have you, Jane, as always. Um, a lot happening in our world. There is. Um, I'm waiting for spring. I love this time of year where you just sense that. I, I love the. Uh, we have a lot of almond orchards, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of orchards now. We used to just be mostly tomatoes and sugar beets and, uh-huh. you know, alfalfa. And it's like the whole Sacramento Valley has become nuts now. It's. it's, <laughs> it's it's pistachios like and uh-huh. walnuts and almonds uh, pr- primarily are the, are the big three. And I guess they're the, the, they're bigger cash crops, but it takes a while. But, you know, you, you don't get you, – if you plant mm-hmm. tomatoes, you get a crop in, in 60 months. days. Right. Yeah, right. If you plant corn, you get a crop. And, mm-hmm. and if you plant an almond tree – you got to wait a few years That's before true. you're going to get any nuts off of it, but I, but they are huge cash crops. And the of all of those, the ones that really explode in the spring are the almonds. Mm-hmm. They, they they're beautiful, like aren't they? Snowed. And you if know, you look it, close, you can see it's starting. They're starting to bud. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, if you though, get close. I, in fact, I stopped at an almond orchard yesterday on the way home just to look, just uh-huh. to see. And there's always it hasn't happened yet. There's always one tree that says, "I'm going to be first. <laughs> <laughs> the it's, stories it's amazing of how, nature. How, yes. how uniform most of them are. They, mm-hmm. they seem at the same time, but there's always that one tree that says, "No, oh, I'm going to be first. And it, just, it just explodes, and every other tree is looking at it like, "Whoa, what's going on? Wake there? up, wake up, yeah. time to wake up." Is this going to happen to me? Yeah, you know, it looks like we oh, kids when they were little would call them popcorn trees because it looked like a tree it full does. of popcorn, mm-hmm. uh, or or it just it, and it's just spectacular. And I and I just think of. God's gifts of, of here in the valley, it's just, I mean, I was driving home the other day and I was looking at the coast range mm-hmm. and there was snow up there. Mm-hmm. And the Sierra, of course, you you can see on the clear days, yes. it's just, it looks like it's just all snow. And then down here in the valley, all the crops just about ready to, some of them like tomatoes haven't even been planted yet because right. the ground's too cold. But mm-hmm. But it's just amazing what will grow here mm-hmm. and then you know in, in the few areas that aren't planted that aren't cultivated just along drainage ditches or along you know or mm-hmm. just some field that is not you know it's the, mm-hmm. the soil isn't right or something there's there's 500 different species of plants competing wow you know just right you know and many of them what we would call weeds mm-hmm. you know but they're all <laughs> they're all life forms you know and it's mm-hmm. and nobody planted any of them mm-hmm. nobody watered them nobody fertilized them nobody did, and they're growing like crazy that's all just a really big beautiful commercial for god i yeah, think it is. looking at everything you just said through the lens of god and doing the work that god has asked me to for god's heart and hands ministry being about parents that we are between god and our children we are god's heart and hands that's one of the most settling, calming, readjusting, refocusing our view on God, all those things you just described, they all happen without us doing a thing on our side. But God's busy. My my favorite is the California Redwoods. I'm always Mm -hmm. surprised when we go through the California Redwoods 
that everybody in the world isn't there mm-hmm. because they are well, they're the biggest trees in the world, mm-hmm. and they are spectacular. And I say to my kids, some of these go back to literally to the time of Christ, mm. and we're a seed. We're just wow. a seed. You can see this seed; they're falling on the ground right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll see little seedlings right. coming up, but, but most of them aren't going to go very far because there's no light mm-hmm. that can they can get to them because of this 350 feet trees all around them uh-huh. blocking out the sun. But I mean, there there are places in Humboldt County where the sun never shines down to the ground because of all the trees. Mm-hmm. And and I I say to my kids, or now they're saying to me, because <laughs> smarter than I am. Because you've said it to them all yeah, these years. Yes. No, nobody. In fact, they, they repeat the mantra. That, that, uh, okay, guys, get ready for dad to say uh-huh. <laughs> that nobody watered that. This thing, 2,000 years ago, it was this seed. Mm-hmm. And nobody watered it. Nobody fertilized it. Nobody put out a forest fire. Of course, redwoods don't burn very well. And then nobody put out a forest fire. Nobody um, came in to do rehab when there was a flood because there goes the Eel River right, right there, which uh-huh. is very prone to flooding. Nobody did anything about bark beetles or right. anything. No pesticides, nothing. And look at this. If that doesn't make you believe in God... Wow. I don't know what. And does. so you just in that one story I see looking at through the lens of parenting through God's heart and hands. You stood in the breach so to speak between God, God's creation, everything mm-hmm. you just described and your children and you just interpreted for them. Like you were a docent, a life docent <laughs> that said, "Here's God yeah. and here's us." And this is what God did. These are all the things and you're sharing your wisdom and your experience and that's one of the things that parents are called to do. And so one of the things we do is keep redirecting parents, "Wait, yes, there's all that going on." But this is what's real. What you just described is showing your children where God is and what has God done and what has God not done and all those pieces. It just brings you back that no matter what we think about, whatever headline, however we get distracted, that is still there. And that's still going on. And even the seedling that you said never gets sun, I would offer that there's still the process of the seedling growing and then dying offers possibly nutrients to the oh, soil sure, and so sure. on. So there's always a purpose and there's always a peace going on that God is always at work, which we then can we bring back to our kids' daily lives as they face challenges. And because when we look at the world through God and we, through the lens of God rather, then we bring that to them. Right. So part of the work I'm really seeing is how it's kind of shifting because it's a very dynamic ministry. When the God, when God calls you to something and he finds somebody who's participating, he tends to give you a lot more work. Right. And so the piece <laughs> of, of just like fine tuning and it's saying, no parents, this is what's real coming back to God. And there will be something there for you then to help your child through what they're facing. Because part of the, the, one of the tactics of the enemy, enemy that we know of is a distracting and then despair. So when you do, you look away from God's, uh, uh, magnifying glass onto parenting, we get distracted, and then it's very easy to get discouraged and even despair, which we know we don't even want to go near it. So just bring it back to God. And how everything you're describing is so beautiful. The imagery is amazing, and how it helps you. And even though your children lovingly and laughingly repeat what you say, you've given them seeds, if you will, for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that they're going to look and see that because they'll be naturally the human mind takes it and applies it later. Oh, God's been at work. That that person that I'm marrying was in utero at the right right. time to be on the sidewalk. Yeah, you know, 
Well, I take them back, you know, and I say, I say, do you realize the miracle of your of your existence on this earth? And and if, if you want to leave God out of the discussion, just leave it out for a minute, um, because your mom and dad, we might have had a child, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have been you. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been you. Mm-hmm. You specifically, you would never have existed if mom and dad had not met and, met and, and exact, dated, uh, married, exactly, and had you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We don't have to go into the details. Right. That covered it. <laughs> right. And but it actually does it, go back that it does, far. But you could take it a step back because I wouldn't have existed. Right. If I didn't exist or your mom didn't exist, you wouldn't have existed yes. at all. And then, but for me to exist, the same thing had to happen. Right. And you keep going back and you're saying virtually everything that happened in time had to happen exactly like it did right. for you specifically to be born. Mm-hmm. How many, gen- you go back in generation and generation, and part of the other work where God's branch- branched off this is into pro-life hearts, is doing, is creating these images heart, uh, for pro-life, and one of them, and it's all God-directed, but he brought up the point of if you go back in a family tree, a famous family tree, any family tree, and you pluck out one person, yeah. <laughs> the entire branch of generation of generation of very quickly you're at a hundred people that don't exist because they needed their great grand grand grandparent to be that because the skills come through the challenges come through because the family is created and so exactly what you're saying and so you're giving them this very rich tapestry i would offer that's going to carry them through because you see everything through the eyes of god and i almost i would have wondered if that is almost too big for them to comprehend. Well, you know, that will surely I would have existed it's, somewhere. It's too it's too big for anybody to comprehend, really. You know, mm-hmm. it's because it's 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 like the chance of that specific person existing is infinitesimally small. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just is. You know, and um, not that we wouldn't have the same population or something. It would just there'd be different people. They wouldn't be you specific. Mm-hmm. The, the other the other ones I always that always um, <laughs> my kids make fun of me for is we're talking about something that happened back when and oh man they were like their grandma my mom mm-hmm. literally took a horse drawn in North Dakota mm-hmm. in the snow to school it was pulled by horses Ooh. yeah. And that's really not that hard to comprehend, but yeah, at the same time, it's hard but, to but, think but, about, but, hard to comprehend. You know, I mean, they, very few people had cars. Cars had been invented, but very few mm-hmm. people had cars. And that's just how they, she lived on a farm, and that's it was probably five, ten miles into the school. And that's, that's how they, and they're fascinated by that, about how old-fashioned that was. And I mm-hmm. said, no, it was cutting edge. Mm-hmm. It was good. The harness was cutting edge. The wheels were cutting yes. edge. The seats were cutting edge. Everything was, you know, each generation. Uh, when the phone was invented, man, that was cutting edge. TV, oh my gosh. the radio, uh, you know, the, the first airplanes, everything. Right. You know, I mean, I always like to say, if the Darner Party had just waited 10 years, they could have taken the train. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's true. It's really true. It's hard to comprehend. I remember when we brought a new car home and um, all the men from the neighborhood came out and they were all in the driveway and they're all, 
uh, chatting about this and, and my mind, because I'm not wired like that, I'm thinking, it's just rubber, metal, and glass. Yeah, you know yeah. that, right? So then you go back to your story. That new wagon came in there with the springs and the seat and the, yeah. and the new harness, and everybody was, woo, gathered around. Yeah. Yes, we really do keep repeating the same story, don't we? Yeah, I mean, you can go through small towns in Northern California in the Diocese of Sacramento, and the, where the, the downtown is just crumbling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of California, explosive growth and all. There are a lot of little towns, um, even in my home county, uh, Yolo County, where where you can see, oh, that used to be the bank building, and that used oh to my. be, you know, and and it's just sitting there abandoned. And I'll, I tell my kids, I'll say, because we go for a lot of rides, uh-huh. that building one day was brand new. And then they come. Then they repeat the rest of, yeah. of, of which <laughs> you is them well. and the, the uh-huh. and it had a big red ribbon yes. around it. And the high school band came out, uh-huh. and the mayor cut the ribbon, and everybody cheered. You know, and but it's true. Yes, it's true. There was a day where that was grand, mm-hmm. and it no longer is. And those stories are what give our children context to what in your generation or your life is going to be celebrated like that and acknowledged the best and the newest and that in 50 years will be someone will be holding on to so they can put it in a museum this is the cycle of life and that's where we're called as parents that we really are god's heart and hands we are the ones that speak to our children he's not talking from the clouds anymore the moses experience isn't really happening at least from (laughs) what we know and you know in quiet corners yes but we have that job and, and never in history, I would offer, have, have, has parenting been so distracted, so the gusts of wind that are the tornado, if you will, are spinning it towards other things. And we, but we have that responsibility because we also carry those stories and the stories that our parents or grandparents told us. And so that's the richness and the purpose and the important that we have to always be present. Because what I hear when you go for those rides, you're shutting everything else out. Oh, yeah. You're not bringing the TV. I'm guessing there's not a lot of screens in your car when that's going on. None. Zero. Yeah. Wow. So there's conversation. It's not, but, you know, it's it's not banned. It's not, okay, everybody put your phone right. away and, you know, right. or put your it's tablet in, it's or whatever in, It's in down. balance. It's in context. Yeah. It's like they, they, they're... They're as interested in seeing what we're going to see as as I am. Wow! You know, and and just you know, you again. I think we're we're blessed here because even though we have urban, a lot of urbanization, um, even in the city of Sacramento, as big as it is, if if you go five minutes in any direction, even from the heart of the city, you will be in the country mm-hmm. and, and it's truly the country it's truly wide open spaces and coming down from tahoe or that area coming down highway yep. 50 before you hit yep. the flatland you look out and it's flat and there's a group of sit there's a group of um, buildings yeah. in the center yeah and then it's flat everywhere else yeah it looks like it looks like oz or something you know they're it rising does. up out of out of you are right of highway 50 just where you can see the valley down eldorado hills yeah. yes you, you go whoa this city is rising out of the uh-huh. out of the mist almost, or the smog, or the <laughs> Some fog. Some days it or, is, or the fog. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, and it's it's uh, we're, we're we're very blessed here. But the the you're right. The, all of these things, whether the redwood trees or the you know the new buildings or the crops, 
God was there through all of it. It you know, it, it's not like oh well, God only came about in about 1960 or mm. no, God God was there through all of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, and that's a reminder to us to remind younger parents God was there then, and God's right present with what He He sees what you're facing, He sees what's going on, and then turning where do you look where do you look where do you turn to and what you're talking about is being present in the moment everything you've talked about with your family and and what i when i see the cars with the screens and the children looking at them so very young and being in education and and being a math tutor it is shifting those children from wiring their brain to their social skills because we know that in a car children chatter they look out the window and they ask questions or they see things. And that's where a lot of our language development comes in or our grammar and so on. And that's being cut short. And it's a small piece. Well, and, and, you know, and, and I'll, I'll lay some of it on. on and and we're, we're all guilty of it. You know, you push in the stroller with one hand and you could be talking and slowing down and saying, look at that tree. Look at that bird. Uh-huh. Look at those butterflies. And you're on the phone. Yes. And yeah, we we all need sometimes to be on the phone, but usually, I mean, people are just constantly checking their phones or texting or, you know, I'm at the store. Right. You know, it's like, right. I'm in the cereal aisle. You know, it's right. like, and constantly, I remember being at a pizza parlor one time and here was this, uh, looked like a, you know, a teenager with a part-time job after uh-huh. school. He's he's rubbing the table with the rag you know cleaning uh-huh. the table off with one hand and the other hand <laughs> he's texting you know <laughs> and i'm thinking what is so important on you but but we're all guilty of it or, or right. you know you're going for the ride and you know you got hands-free phone right and now you're talking to somebody on the phone yes and we do know we've done studies it, you your peripheral vision drops out because your brain part of your brain is engaging with that conversation and you're not engaging with other people in the car you're right. not saying hey see mount shasta right right and so there's a general conversation and so we as as parents we have to continually remind the younger parents because if my children phones were just coming in then when they were very little because they're right around 30 I would have been as seduced by it, if you will, or distracted because parenting is such a hard job. I maintain after being an engineer, getting through college and just riding the waves of life, I would maintain parenting is the hardest path there is in life. It's harder since phones because now if they don't answer their phone, you're like, why didn't they answer my phone? I know. What's wrong? I sent that text 10 seconds ago. Why aren't they responding? I remember my husband saying to me, why is this so hard for you? You've been in the corporate world. You worked on the stealth bomber. You've done 90 or 100 hour weeks. Why is this so hard? And I said, because my supervisor's not sleeping down the hall and can wake me up in the middle of the night multiple times a night. (laughs) And, And... Everything that parent, because parenting pulls you away from everything in the world, from clean clothes, from a hot meal, and a predictable hot shower. How many times we I showered at two thirty in the morning because mm-hmm. the kids and and the dynamics that go on. There's days where you you only exist to keep take care of another person. It very much detaches you from everything you expect life should be or could be, and God is shaping you into something that He wants you to be. How often is, has parenting brought us to our knees? When they're babies and they're sick. I know uh, one of the most terrifying moments of my life was when it hit me in the middle of the night. I'm the adult in this in this house. I'm like, (laughs) what if something? You know, (laughs) it's all on me. Yeah, right. If if 
the kid gets sick or, or they're not breathing or they're right you know, they're well choking. i know what to do yeah or you know if somebody breaks into the house or or i smell smoke or right i'm the uh, right. <laughs> it's like oh my goodness right i didn't bargain for this exactly exactly and that brings I was us always the kid and we had a, a mom and dad there you know mm-hmm. uh, that's they're, true they're going to handle those things right right i do remember the middle of the night when my husband was working incredibly late because he worked in it so he would not get home sometimes till w- the wee hours of the morning and there was a very loud rap at the door and this big bare voice came around it was pg e that needed mm-hmm. to get into whatever was a storm yeah. but i needed on the other side i needed to sound like i was eight feet tall yeah, and a strong right. german woman <laughs> that was going to just no problem so i talked to him through the door and then i could go back to my tiny italian yeah. woman self but that that oh my gosh what am i going to do but it's prayer it's god that takes care of us right. and that's part of it as understanding being a parent does draw us back to god and so everything that parents are facing now we just need to keep turning back turn the titanic back towards god because he'll meet us 99 percent of the way but we have to start the glance we have to look for him so that he so then when we do that we're then looking for him we're then recognizing him and then scripture is just playing the game with scripture, opening up the Bible to any place in the world. He's like, oh, you're going to my word, to my living word. I'm going to make sure that flips open to the right page <laughs> and that your eyes go to where I want you. You're like, oh, that fits. I can do this. So you can say, well, I haven't actually read the Bible. I've flipped through it. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, kind of. Well, yes, aren't we? Isn't that what got us all into the Bible? If you weren't there already, was parenthood? Well, you know, people people will say, "Well, here's a real important part in the Bible," or "Here's a real important thing that Jesus said," and I go, "Well, I I don't know that we can put numbers on it. I don't know that we can say, no. well, this is the most important.' Although Jesus tells us when it's the most important, He says, "This is the most important commandment. Uh, these two are, you know, right and." Um, and everything else falls from that. So if Jesus said it's the most important, but I got I got to figure all those stories. Well, Martha and Mary, I don't know what that was about. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, there, there, or the loaves and the fishes. You know, okay, right. I get it. You know, uh-huh. I don't really like fish, but I, I get it. You know, or take this, this. You know, right. I mean, obviously. You could say, well, that's the most important. And I'm not going to argue with anybody who says that is the most important Mm -hmm. because there's nothing, there's certainly in my mind, nothing more important than than the Eucharist and and the the Last Supper and and really the beginning of of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not the beginning, but, you know, I mean, the the beginning of of go and then go forth and and Mm -hmm. convert all nations and et cetera. Um, But everything the prodigal son, the the wedding feast at Cana, uh, the loaves and fishes, the uh, the the Matthew twenty five, mm-hmm. all those things are just massively important. They are, you know. And I got to figure if if Jesus said it, it wasn't just oh, it was just well, the, he was having a bad day. That was just he was just kind of he was just talking. No. He, you know, he, he was just talking. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't have to pay a lot of attention to that, but. You have to pay attention to all of it. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. I forget who. I forget who it was. Um, I think it was. I think it was Ray Flynn, who was the former uh, mayor of Boston and then was the ambassador to the Vatican. And, um, and he was talking about about pro life, and 
and and the death penalty and feeding the hungry and and all these various things and and he said people argue with me about about which one of these things is more important like yeah well i don't i don't do this or that or that but i'm against the death penalty or i'm mm-hmm. therefore i'm validated because i'm on right and, and and i remember ray flynn saying why don't we just do all of them we've been asked to do all of them by the good lord mm-hmm. why don't we just do all of them let's not argue about well i feed the hungry so it's okay that i'm mean to everybody else or right. or you know that uh, i i do this but i don't welcome the stranger Right. But that's okay because I do this. Interesting that we do it's, that, it's but not, Jesus didn't say pick no, one and we'll pick, count you pick good. Pick one and then right. ignore the rest of them. No, you he know? didn't say that. No, he's and and Ray Flynn put it so beautifully. He just said, "Why don't we do all of them? Let's not quantify yes. which is more important, which issues more important, which anything." Because didn't just, Jesus address that at somewhere in a discussion with the? something that one of the disciples said and he said be perfect be perfect like my father is perfect which sounds so too big but really it goes along with what he said is love and love be perfect like my father and what is our father yeah perfect love so to love perfectly means to do all of it yeah and just you know you look at the 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 loaves and the fishes is is that just to prove that jesus was deity that Nobody else could do that mm-hmm. uh, that we know of, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, or was it to prove generosity? Was it to prove that we should always have faith, no matter how desperate things seem? I mean, there's a lot of a lot to unpack there, uh, isn't uh, it? There really is. As with most things that he says, exactly. We can unpack a lot, and then at different points in our life, we can go back to the same story. And we get more out of it, don't we? I'm yeah, really I mean, understanding how he calls it the living word. It yeah, really I, I mean, is. I, I remember the loaves and the fi- not the loaves and the fishes, the the, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. and just growing up in a big family with siblings who had, you know, every every sibling had a different relationship with our parents. They mm-hmm. they just did things. Things that I remember fondly, one of my sisters doesn't remember fondly, or something mm-hmm. vice versa. You know, oh, I don't even remember that. And uh-huh. she said, "Oh, don't you remember? We were all." And I said, "No, I don't remember that one at all." But, Interesting. You know, uh-huh. um, but I didn't particularly. I, I didn't get it. Used to. I had a brother who was just a year older than I was, and you know, it, we, we were way different in terms of our interests. There were no sibling rivalry because mm-hmm. we were just so different, but. But, you know, here's, here's goes the one son that goes off and does all this stuff. And then there's the other son that kind of, you know, is is okay and mm-hmm. is the good son. And he stays and works on the farm or whatever, you right. know, and, and obeys his father. Mm-hmm. And here comes the, the wayward son back and the dad's crying and embracing him. And, uh-huh. you know, and then one day I had a son. And all of a sudden, that became my favorite story in the Bible. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. you, you, you see, you, 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 and it wasn't just because it was a son. I mean, it could have been the prodigal you understood daughter. Story. It, you understood yeah. a little bit closer. Yeah. Yes, I understand um, that. The, the lens just happened clearer. to be the firstborn, and but it was like, wow, I really, I really get it now mm-hmm. that that this this son went away and now he comes back and you want to throw the and and then even later in life said 
that wasn't a dad and his son. That was God and me or Mm. God and us. God's waiting with tears in his eyes, standing out watching you come back. If and when you well when you come back, and there is that that divine if, perspective in it because how many people could stand there and just watch all day? I think he was bringing inserting himself very clearly into that story because on a on a, a, a homestead like that, you you can't stand there waiting all day. Right. But that I think that's where God showed up and said he's kind of in the story. he is watching constantly for us to turn back. Yeah, and and that and what you just described is when you become a parent, you now understood that love because he was your oldest. So you now understood parental love, how your whole soul is now got skin in the game, so to yeah, speak. Well, I, I remember the first time holding him, which is probably it, it's never fair to the mom. I mean, it, 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 they're handing it to the dad, handing uh-huh. the child to the dad, and uh, and looking at him. And, you know, the mom at least carried that child for, mm-hmm. for nine months, has a, at that point, just has a remarkably different relationship mm-hmm. with that child. I don't care how sensitive or attentive or anything else the, the dad is. The, the dad could be playing tackle football the day before the uh-huh. birth. In fact, sometimes it's we hear about yes, that. Oh, yes. so-and-so's missing the game today because his wife's in labor, you know. Uh-huh. But, but. They handed me that baby who, who the day before I did not know. Mm-hmm. And I knew right then that I'd be willing to die for that kid. Do, do you know what I mean? It was, I, I do. It, it takes my breath away. Because instantaneous. Look what God did with his yeah. firstborn son. He offered him to die exactly. for us. That love. So I, that's one of the things parenting does, and it's it's a different type of love. It's it is. It's just it bypassed the brain, though. I mean, it was. Yes. It wasn't like, okay, I'm now a dad. I should be responsible. I should be right. This kid's gonna keep me from playing golf, but, so, <laughs> but right. It, but you didn't. That wasn't it. It, it went past uh, all the cognitive just, thoughts. Yeah. To it is a it's like a different kind of love, yeah. and so that really it gives you a different lens or provides a different lens, would you, if you will, to the the prodigal, to the father of the prodigal, how his soul ached, mm-hmm. wanting his son to come back. There's that, and knowing parents that have prodigal children to this day, and being one myself, I I have a prodigal son that you. And God has shown, I need, he will come back. But in the meantime, your entire being is on that porch right. watching right. for him and, and, and praying for him. And there's a few calluses on my knees from mm. praying for him, but also praying to, to bear this burden, to, be, to carry this kind of a, a pain, if you will, because you still have to be functional at the same sure. time sure. that your heart and soul is walking out there in the world. And he, and he doesn't have your counsel. And so I'm understanding so much more of what God goes through with us. Wait, you're not even talking. You're not listening. I, how can I help you when things really do get tough? And to be the prodigal, you're in a mess anyway to go there and do that sort of thing. He, and the, why the prodigal did that with, why the, the young man did that with his father, rather than saying, you know, Dad, I, I want to go off. Mm-hmm. No, he did it. He severed it yeah. in a very, um, I don't know, painful right. way. And when you said that, I could just see that's what God, the deep love he had for us with, here's my firstborn mm-hmm. that will bring you back to me. 
And so as just that small piece, as parents, we really do need to, just in the course of a day, all those small ways, really I would offer listening to Relevant Radio will get you those small pieces to get you through the next arc of the day. Because I noticed in going through the difficulties that there were arcs of the day that not only did I do prayer in the morning, but like late morning, because I, you know, you run out of fuel and it's like, okay, God, now I know what I'm facing in this day. And then early in the afternoon, Divine Mercy Hour, right? It brings us back to it. And then the evening prayers, there is that kind of an arc to a day. And with raising children, there's routines to their day, getting them to school. Then they come home from school. And then there's bath, bedtime, book, and so on. And so we as parents, we have to look for that next piece because God is looking towards to give it to us. And we are so convinced that we're alone, we're, we're on our own. But God is looking to give us the peace. And in scripture, in Proverbs um, 13, 13, contempt for the word is self-destructive. Respect for the commandment wins salvation. So do we show contempt for the, for the word, the living word, by just not looking for it, by being, just not, not, not giving God his due to say, okay, you're looking for me, so I'm going to do the the Bible game of flip the book open because there's something in there. I need something to deal with. You know what I'm facing. So just that simple exercise. Do we continually turn back? Proverbs 8 um, uh, verse 1. Does not wisdom call and understanding raise her voice? And in the Bible, wisdom is is, um, capitalized and so is understanding. Mm -hmm. Like they're a person. Does not wisdom call on you? Does not understanding raise her voice so you hear God? Is God not looking for us that way? And then it continues on into verse 2. On the top of the heights, along the road, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. By the gates, at the approaches of the city, in the entryways, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call. My appeal is to you mortals, you naive ones. Gain prudence, you fools. Gain sense. That's describing to us the, the, the efforts, the presence that God is going in, into our lives in any way that we will look to get our attention, to help us. Well, he knows what we're facing. He knows that, that parenting, that family, the family is under a great assault, that the parents, a lot is riding on them. But yet I would offer that the, it's not simple, the solution, Oh, no, excuse me, it's not easy, but it is simple. It's just turning back to God and persistently tugging on his sleeve like the, the woman, um, the hemorrhage, with the hemorrhage for 12 years. She was insistent mm-hmm. that she had to get to God. And recently in the, in the drama series, The Chosen, they depicted that scene where she was, she was considered unclean. She had to be careful. They did not want her there. No one, and she, if they saw her, she was very much pushed out, but she had to persist Mm-hmm. And whether it was factually right, but the point was that we knew we know from history how she was viewed as being unclean and how people treated her, and we know that she knew that she, who Jesus was, and so she persisted. She kept climbing that hill, if you will, of social pressure, and that's what we need to do: is just holding on. She just held on to that small piece. If I just touch him, not talk to him, not ask him for anything, just touch. I know as the Lord my God, that's what I have to do. And so we as parents, we have to just keep returning to that, to that simplicity of it. And then it goes on further in Proverbs. Listen, for noble things I speak, my lips proclaim honest words. 
Indeed, my mouth utters truth, and my lips abhor wickedness. All the words of my mouth are sincere, none of them wily or crooked. It, it kind of sounds like he's doing a marketing campaign mm-hmm. to say to us, see, I, I really am okay. I'm really going to help you, all of these things. So as we pursue just the day and the moment, I think one of the transitions that's going on for parents is a simplicity is going to return because there's so much going on. There's just too many things to swat at. But if we come back to God, spending time in adoration, just sitting with him, telling him, listening to him, just being with him, that will change us. So often when I go into adoration, I open my eyes wide and say, change me, change me, change me. (laughs) Because we're in the presence of Jesus. He knows what we're facing. So I'm just going to be with him. My prayer is always for understanding. Just there are times when I, you know, you, you, you say, I just don't, I don't get it. Not that I don't get the faith. Right. I, I don't get what's going on in the world or I don't, I just don't get it. I, I don't know why it has to be this way, you know. Right. Um, and has he, has he given you any hints? You got any, any information? Oh, I, I, I talked to him before every show. I, yeah. You don't have his phone number? <laughs> <laughs> And and no, honestly, in wisdom, have you, I'm sure your children have asked you, because as they grow older, they're like, Dad, why is it like this? Mm -hmm. What can you say in that moment? Because as our children, our children are more exposed than they ever have been in any other generation. Yeah, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the the Catholic Church, uh, we we believe in mystery. We believe in miracles. We also believe in mysteries. Yes. You know, the mysteries of the rosary. And, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, and. It's 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 interesting because if if you go through just the well now twenty, mm-hmm. you know I was shocked when John Paul II came out with the the luminous mysteries. I didn't know you could do that. You know I mean it was like it was like in hindsight I didn't know we could either. Yeah, it was like what what uh-huh. you know uh, you can you can just add mysteries of of the rosary. I mean it was I that part of the ever since I was it was kids. Yeah, there were there were fifteen. You know now mm-hmm. there's twenty and. And although I, I like I like the the luminous or no, the mysteries of light or whatever you want to call yes. them, but it's interesting that whoever or however they got named, they got named as mysteries. They didn't get named as the miracles of the rosary or the mm-hmm. or the stories of the rosary or or chapters of the rosary. Oh, that's true. That's they interesting. They named them mysteries, you know, and so you know. Um, the Annunciation, mm-hmm. the Visitation, mm-hmm. the Baptism the of Jesus, of Christ, right, and then you know, the Presentation, the Presentation, and the Finding of Jesus, Jesus in the Temple, right. You know, the Baptism is in the Luminous, mm-hmm. and and then the Wedding Feast that came, but right. all of them are under that title, Mysteries. So, I grew up with fifteen mysteries, and I got five more mysteries in my life. You know, wow. and and yet. It's 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 the old, it's the, the age old. Uh, I was I was talking to a, a school teacher, uh, like an astronomy type teacher, mm-hmm. like high school level, and saying, you know, it's it's really hard for him in a public school setting to, especially with all the 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 new. Discoveries Curriculum. in space. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, 
the stuff like I took I took an astronomy, not astrology, mm-hmm. right? Very <laughs> astronomy different. course in college. I thought it was going to be kind of interesting and fun. It was hard science. I mm-hmm. mean, it was it was it was hard. It was really hard, and I, I didn't do very well in it. But um, it was the stuff they were teaching then. You figure all the 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 new telescopes and the new mm-hmm. discoveries. Um, we we would add to the knowledge that they were teaching me then. What's actually happened is it's contradicted a lot of the stuff they were teaching then. Wow. That we found out that the moon is not made of cheese. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe that was in the nursery. And, I can't and what's, remember. what now are we going to find out was. was false, too? Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't like anybody was trying to mislead us. Mm-hmm. It's just nobody dreamed when I was taking this astronomy course how vast space was mm-hmm. or how many... We we I, I, we kind of figured the the planets we had that was it that was it yes you know and and how just how fast uh huh it is and and now we're, we're they're, they're talking about you know we're seeing back to the beginning of time you know right. and, and you're going really there was a beginning to time I didn't know that you know and and those things that even as a third grader mm-hmm. you could ponder no scientist has explained like okay let's let's just say yeah the the big bang and whatever that you mm-hmm. know i'm I'm, right. I'm a complete novice or amateur just mm-hmm. shooting from the and hip I when well. i talk yes. about big bang or something but mm-hmm. okay that's that's where it all started well so does so and, and as this teacher said to me he said i i posed to the students these were like ap you know it was like like uh, like five or ten students mm-hmm. you know probably the top kids in the school he said i posed can something come from nothing and because if it all started at one instant mm-hmm. what was there before right and and one of the students says you're getting into religion mr jones you know oh like not in a, not in a really negative way right but right. but He's saying, "No, I'm not. I'm we're 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 talking about hard science here. We're right. talking about physical sciences. Uh, matter can neither, be can, neither created nor destroyed. Uh, can only changed. be transformed. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what preceded? Yes. The, where did this matter? It's all now spread throughout the universe. Where did this matter come from? Mm-hmm. And well, no." You can't have, you can't get something from nothing. Right. Or maybe you can, and we just don't know that. Maybe that's something we haven't discovered yet. Uh huh. <laughs> but as far as we know, you can't get something from nothing. So there had to be something prior to this. Right. And, you know, the old, where did God come from? Mm hmm. Where. He didn't he couldn't come have come from nothing right so he always had to have been mm-hmm. but that's not you know yes you, like say, our mind even, is finite and we're trying to comprehend something yeah, truly and, infinite and, and there's not a there's not a scientist in the world that has an answer to that right uh, none they'll just finally and it's stand, this question make you a were stand. asking since the third grade mm-hmm. they'll say okay this is how 
these planets came to be or this is how these suns came to be or or whatever mm-hmm. but but i can't i can't answer that other one that completely elementary question mm-hmm. and it isn't because they're afraid to get into religion they're afraid and and that is a mystery that i, I think we only get to solve if we do uh, when we are mm-hmm. blessed enough to be in heaven Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe it'll always be a mystery. I don't know. That's true. We don't know till we get there. Maybe you know? heaven is just you know, the McDonald's is open twenty four hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> the nuns promised me that there was a, a Dairy Queen on every corner. Okay, okay. So I'm holding okay. I'm holding them to it. But but you make a really good point when we like Jesus said, be like a child. And what does a child do? They look at things. They wonder, and. And I want to offer and go back to parents. That's where a child looking out a car window will actually observe a lot more of physics than than we understand and the weather and people and all these things and motion and so on. And so there really is a a, a reason to look through the glass through the car window rather than get away from that screen. Right. That said, coming back to the discussion of the cosmos and creation, really, I I really believe because there's so much we we really do debate science and faith that God would construct this story like this. There, I really believe that he, because he wants us to have faith, there will never be a very conclusive, oh, it's this. Yeah. Because faith, because that's where free will comes from. Because we want to know what the answer is because we want to know, yes, God exists yeah. or doesn't. So Because in our finite mind, in our human mind, we're throwing our bet either way. Not throwing our bet. We're throwing our vote into either way. We want to be sure of what we're doing. Well, the more you, the deeper you get into the Bible, into faith, to in communion, and you know when we're told that as a as a child, okay, I'm going to believe it because I trust you, and then when we we believe it and we open our heart to God, okay, I don't get this, but I'm going to open my heart to you. He shows up eventually at some point, and then faith actually becomes more of a bedrock faith, which I would offer becomes a knowledge, mm-hmm. because like what you're talking about, there has to be at some point. There's just too much of this. Yeah, well, there's, you know, it's, it's, I've always said that there's, there's two levels. One is belief. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that the, the bread and wine consecrated mm-hmm. is the body and blood of Jesus. But there's one higher step than that, and that's the body and the bread and wine is the body and blood of Jesus. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I believe it. True. It's fact. Yes. This is belief. And people can say, oh, that's good. You believe that, Bob. Well, I believe this. Well, okay, okay. We can, we respect each other and we right. do all that. But no, it doesn't matter what either of us believe. This is a fact. True. And and that's where, and I, and I, I fully understand why public schools don't, teach religion or mm-hmm. you know people say oh they took god out of the public school well, i prayed in public school all the time especially before a math exam or you right know, or mm-hmm. b- b- when i was uh playing jv baseball and it was my mm-hmm. turn at bat you know I'm, right. I'm praying um and nobody could stop you i i wasn't one of the did it but we, we had teammates that made the sign of the cross uh, mm-hmm. before they went to bat mm-hmm. or whatever you know and no, nobody could say, oh you can't do that but there are a lot of school districts, and probably the one I live in, that if they said, okay, you can have prayer in the public schools, line the kids up, and we're going to have a prayer at 8 in the morning, 
they wouldn't pick a prayer that I'd be happy about. Mm. It would be up to the school board. Right. They probably wouldn't pick the Our Father or the Hail Mary. Okay. Or the Apostles' Creed. Okay. Or anything else, you know. So I'm kind of happy, you know. Right. But um, one day it will happen that the existence of God is a scientific truth. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's not just a religious belief. Oh, that's over here in this category. Here's science. Okay. And here's here's some earthy, groovy, in the cloud right. belief okay. in God, and that's all fine and good, but they're separate. Mm-hmm. They are not separate. The existence of God is a scientific fact. Facts exist whether or not they've been proven. People say, well, it's not a fact if it hasn't been proven. It's only a theory. I said, well, mm. no. It, at some point in time, we didn't know that water was made out of hydrogen and oxygen. Right. It hadn't been proven. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean it wasn't made out of hydrogen and oxygen. It was only a theory. It was a truth. Uh-huh. It just hadn't been proven. Got it. You so know. God exists. So when you're talking to someone that is totally science-based, what do they need to hear that you're able to say? For the statement of God, well, if, exists. If, if you if 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 you say, well, it doesn't it doesn't mean that that the next step says well that therefore God created the universe or therefore God it doesn't mean necessarily anything but mm-hmm. but God's existence doesn't doesn't need proof God's God exists period mm-hmm. and that in and of itself means it's a it's a fact that's true and unfortunately we have so elevated the personal perspective well i don't think that so therefore it's not therefore it's not therefore it's not it's not my truth but that's actually not doesn't fit in either world to say because i because when i was in college the smallest uh, particles were the proton neutron electron exactly and now we've gone two levels lower that is what you're saying is, did we know? Just because we didn't know didn't mean it wasn't there. It was just waiting for us. They even call it the God particle that That's they're looking right. for. You know? That's right. And to, to understand it. And they and at its most elemental level in most every field, they do not understand why it's like that. Because the proton, neutron, electron, they said was more space between them than it was matter. And if you collapsed all that matter, right. you would uh, uh, an aircraft carrier would fit on the head of a pen right. because it's more space. Which my finite mind, okay, I can hit my head really hard on that lack of space and that metal. We we can't comprehend the infinite, and it's interesting that we we take so much time on that. I think we're focusing on the on the gnat rather than missing the entire elephant. Yeah. Uh, there is so much to support God. How are we going to live our precious life? How are we going to influence others? Do we just keep combating what's what's in front of us, or do we take it and say, "Okay, God, I'm going to run with it because this, I don't know. I'm not being privileged, and neither are they to say one or the other." And I think that's where faith comes in because I'm going to believe God exists, and then I'm going to meet God there. Because if I don't believe He exists, I'm not going to meet Him there, or I may somehow turn towards Him later through difficulty or whatever. But God has provided this, and when we Embrace it with an open heart, like Jesus said, be like a child. What are children? They're trusting, they're open completely. They trust 
those who love them and they love. Like, and it goes with what Jesus said, the top two commandments, right, are all based on love. So I don't, I don't think God's going to make it so black and white for those that don't, because we have to trust. We have to have that faith. We have to love and believe that we are lovable to that level. And so while it sounds like it's, it can't be solved, what you're saying is actually it can, because God does exist. He does. And he keeps showing himself through the Eucharistic miracles, he, he right? if only two people on earth think he exists right he exists whether we think so or not exactly right and uh when we were trying to have children and going through years of infertility we were at the top level research doctors in the world at that point because we were down in la so you had you had access to that level of, of expertise and he admitted to us that at the basic level they do not understand why conception happens and how it happens and yeah. where there right. is a, an element of the unknown that they cannot define yeah why why then why that sperm right. why yeah exactly why that time why that month and not the yeah, month before yeah, exactly. and out of the mouths of, of babes someone said to me very when we were going through the years of it said you know 20 years down the road it's where that child has to be it's mm-hmm. god's plan the unique plan for that child yeah. so it seems like forever right now we don't understand why isn't it this month because of where they're supposed to be 20 years down the road yeah i mean you know it's 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 funny because i mean People say, "Well, don't don't you wish you were this age or that age or this mm-hmm. or that?" And and I say, "Well, you know, um, I was born on the exact day God wanted me to be born, and I will never second guess God." And for your one life, He had to put your parents, your siblings, your yep. neighbors, your bosses, your teachers. Yep. Your future spouse, they all had to be in place at the same time. Yeah. So when we pull one out of that tapestry, the whole tapestry shifts. It becomes a mobile. It has to, it can't, it's, everything's yeah. not in peace. You've in, reshuffled the deck. Yes. And completely. I'm seeing it, I'm seeing one of the repercussions of 50 years of abortion in this country because I know many people of marrying age that cannot find their spouse. They, they keep dating and it's not working out. And I'm thinking, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. Chances are that their life was stopped. And whether we want to think, and we're de- and we're going down in the weeds, we're debating when the life s- starts, right? That's the big de- one of the debates. But honestly, it's the life is stopped. It doesn't matter when the soul comes into the body. Yes, that's important. But if you're stopping a life, you're stopping the generations. You're stopping their contribution. You're stopping the marriage that was supposed to happen, the children that were supposed to come through them. And so when we look at it, we shift our perspective and get in a slightly different part of the hill and look down. It's like, oh, there's more to this than we've ever given ourselves credit for. We've narrowed it down to a very small microcosm rather than the bigger picture that it truly is, that everybody had to be in place. And what you tell your children by you are you based on all these pieces that God put into place from their best friends to their teachers to their classmates to their teammates, those were all there, these dear friends that you have, even someone that enters your life tangentially, that they were there at that time for that place. And so the, we as parents, it's, this, it's, it's actually overwhelming as influential and powerful as parenthood is. And, and it's easy to get caught up in the phone because, wow, this is a little, this tells me I'm doing something right all the time. This distracts me. Wow, how I raised this child. And I realized that early on. If, if my son was not a good neighbor, not a good boss, not a good colleague or any of those things, I had influence on those. I wasn't responsible for what he did, but I definitely laid the groundwork. And so I wanted him or both of our, our children to be the best and most and to understand that God was there and that, to give them that. And that's what we do as God's heart and hands as Jane, parents. Always a pleasure. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thank you. It was good to be here.
That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you with you again very soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank Uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society, and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. To the cross I look And to the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do on it must save you both bruised and crushed showing that God is love and God is just Yeah.